Hey guys, so what I wanted to talk about today was something I see um, becoming very prevalent in our society, and that is as we become less religious, as we lose our shared structure of values, it creates a scenario in which we treat people as a blank slate. So the title for today's podcast is When God Dies, Blank Slate Theory, and that is something that could be talked about for hours probably, and uh, and you could probably write a book on it, but basically, as we lose our Judeo-Christian beliefs, we go into a scenario where everything is subjective, where subjectivism is the norm rather than objectivism. Now, before we get into this, I want to talk about a silver lining of where we are now and why we got to where we are now. So, one silver lining of things being the way they are now is that people within the religious community, such as Christianity, um, I think it's a lot less um, corrupt than it has been in the past. I think it's a lot more open and good-natured because the people that are there want to be there more than the people that would be at a church, let's say, if it were cultural. Now, there are some huge upsides to it being cultural and to people doing it uh, for cultural norm reasons, and we'll get into that. But in the place we are now, where it's less of a cultural norm, the people that are uh, are participating are a lot more um, in it. And so there's, a, there's an upside there. And I think our openness within the community of Christianity is due to the fact that we don't have a lot of power right now. I would love to say that uh, it's that way right now because we've just elevated our uh, internal uh, morality or something, and maybe that is, but I think it's much more likely that we just don't have a lot of power right now, so it's pretty easy for us to have less infighting, for us to have uh, less bickering and a less sort of abuse of power. When you don't have any power, it's hard to abuse the power. Also. That also leads to how we got here. I think one of the biggest reasons that our culture has got to the place it is as far as uh, losing its religion is due to the fact that it was very corrupt uh, and has been, uh, has had a lot of corruption within it. There hasn't been a lot of transparency, there hasn't been a lot of, um, there's just been a lot of people with insecurity and using God as a way to drive their personal beliefs home, um, regardless of who it hurts, because to push your beliefs into another person's mind uh, makes you feel important. And um, that's not to say that everyone did that then or everyone's doing it now or anything like that. It just means I've seen it happen a lot as someone who's uh, almost never misses church my entire life see a lot of people uh, that don't read, that don't want to give you several uh, takes on anything. They just have the thing that they thought of this week, and they're going to pretend that God said it directly, um, because it, you feel really powerful when you do that. So I always go back to this, but Celebrate Recovery and things like it are, are one of the ways to redeem uh, the reputation of Christianity in the West, because when the person gets up there and says, hi, my name is blank, and I have dealt with blank, 
it removes the veil of them pretending that they are the things that they're about to talk about. They, they're not pretending to be the traits uh, that God has or that we should strive towards. They're going ahead at the very beginning and removing that illusion and not trying to use that the power that would come with pretending to be like God or more like God than the audience member. So everything they say after that is much easier to take in because they're not trying to snow you, they're not trying to pull one over on you and, uh, and use the power that comes with the reputation of God uh, to boost their own moral supremacy or whatever. So we had a lot to do with why we are where we are. You think about in the 90s even when I was a kid and the small things that were turned into huge things and the big things that were ignored um, because the, you know, because Christian culture had a lot of power at that time. And there are some obvious upsides to Christian culture having a lot of power. There really are. But I think our the devil getting in the ear in our ear and, and telling us to use that as a uh, as a reason to act better than or holier than now or whatever uh, is something that we bought into and uh, and it caused a lot of where we are now. And it's I don't even want to throw anyone under the bus for doing that. I've done it many times and I'm sure I'll do it many more times and I'm tempted to do it every every day. Um, I don't want to pretend that, oh, those people were uh, so corrupt by the power they had and they just were so in love with themselves and I would never do that. I yeah, I just would never do that. Of course I would do that. Um, I try to read a lot and stuff like that so that I'm taking in other people's ideas to counteract um, my uh, tendency to, to give into that. Um, so, anyway, all that to say, uh, <laughs> so we're in, a, we're in a place where culture is much less religious. And so, um, what happens then is subjectivism becomes the norm. That if you do not believe in God, then you will believe in the now. And you will just push what you believe forward because after you die, it doesn't matter what happens. If you don't believe that anything after, that anything transcendent uh, exists, then you will use your life to push your agenda or to give yourself what you want. Now, you see this play out everywhere. You see this play out. You're starting to see this play out in science and why some areas of science are becoming um, politicized. Now, why would science become politicized? Because if, if science is no longer rooted in anything uh, objective, then scientists are going to use it as the means to push their ideas forward, the means to, to uh, it's just the means to an end. Everything becomes the means to an end. And that when you do not believe in God and you do not um, have a religion, government will be the way that you push your morality, that you will push your moral ideas and use the government to push what you think is right. Um, and that will be that will be your primary source of morality uh, in the world, of how things become better in the world, is the government. If you do not believe in God and if you are not participating in a, in a religious life. And so, again, I did not fault these people for using 
um, politics in that way. It is what they have. It was. It would be what I would use if I was not a religious person. So they're using what is left. They're using the government um, for to push their uh, religious beliefs, essentially. And so science, rather than having a um, anything goes, put anything on the table, and let's just weigh every single thing, and whichever is the most true is the thing we'll go with. Now that is the original hypothesis of science, that is science in its proper form, is that we'll test every single thing, we will test anything, and whatever is most true is what we'll go with. Now, you're starting to see that be replaced by, oh, certain things we don't test. Certain things are off limits. Certain things you do not push back against. You either accept it, or you're a heretic. So they treat people that don't agree with certain topics that they want to talk about as guilty of blasphemy, not as someone bringing a different idea to the table that might be easily proved wrong. You know, okay. So, and then let's take other areas like um, biology, right? So, the people that will say that there is no such thing as a male and a female brain will also say that a man can be born with a woman's brain or that a woman can be born with a man's brain. Now, they don't care that there's a contradiction because a contradiction does not matter to them. That is not consequential. Everything is subjective. So the idea that a male and female brain being distinctive, that doesn't, that's not true because it hurts one group's feelings. And then telling people that they are a man born with a woman's brain or a woman born with a man's brain, they don't care that those things contradict because, again, to, to uh, negate that would be to hurt a different group of people's feelings. So it's all about the feelings of different groups of people because, again, if there's nothing that matters after you die, then it's live fast, die young, then it's do what makes you feel good because nothing matters. If there is no God, nothing matters. And so you will make everything bend to your will. You will lie. You will do anything that makes the world subjective to what you want it to be. Only if you believe that there is a God will you bend your life and your will and your decisions to what reality is. That you acknowledge that reality is outside of you, it is before you, it's after you, and you yield to it. It does not yield to you. Now you can argue with it and you can try to change it very slowly and very cautiously, and maybe you should. But you first defer to what reality is. And if you do not believe in God, nothing matters. So do what you want. Do what you feel. Live your truth. That's another way um, that you see this idea played out. Oh, that's my truth or your truth. Live your truth. Now, not every person that says that means the same thing. Some people, when they say that, they mean when they say my truth, they will mean my perspective of what the truth is. But for many people that use it, they will literally mean my truth. And that is a contradiction in terms. There is no your truth because truth does not care about you particularly. 
It is before you, it is after you. It was eternally before you, it will be eternally after you. It is not specific to you. It does not bend to you. You bend to it. There are two groups of people. Objectivists and subjectivists. Objectivists see reality as a thing that is outside of them. A thing that will live after they die and was here before they were born. These people have a lot more respect for history and they have a lot more hesitancy to change the future on the ideas they happen to have this moment. Subjectivists, on the other hand, do not respect anything that came before them and aren't particularly concerned with anything that comes after them. They are very willing to change, let's say, our economic structure, which happens to be the most fair of all of the economic structures, even though it is deeply unfair. But they will be happy to throw that away for pure anarchy because it feels really good right now. They will literally burn down our country because it feels good to break things up. It feels good to cause chaos. Chaos is fun. And they don't care what comes after because they are subjectivists. It is about them and what they happen to want in this moment. The fact that they have very hurt feelings is enough to destroy everything that gives us safety, to, get, to destroy everything that gives us freedom. They will destroy that for the desires they have in this moment, to get back on the way that they do not feel that they were treated fairly. This is why an old-school liberal and a modern conservative have a lot more in common than an old-school liberal and a modern leftist. That is because an old-school liberal and a modern conservative, they are standing on the same ground, they want to end in the same place, and they get to that place in very different ways. A old-school liberal and a modern leftist are not standing on a shared ground, they are not standing on shared ideas, and they do not want to end up in a shared vision of the future. So they have very little in common. Another thing that comes into this topic is that we need to continue to show respect to our uh, the documents which underlie our society, such as the Bible. Now, even if you do not believe the Bible and you do not believe Jesus raised from the dead or any of that, and you don't consider yourself to have any faith at all, what you should be able to acknowledge still is that the Bible is sort of our handbook for how human nature works. That whatever you would replace it with will likely be much less true than it. And so, for example, I don't think you have to be a person of faith to be pro-life. Because even if you did not believe in God, particularly, wouldn't you want to live in a place where human life was treated as the most sacred thing, as something of extreme value? And maybe you wouldn't. This going back to the previous point, maybe you would not. If there is no God, maybe you wouldn't want to live in a place where human life was seen as having an extremely high value. Because maybe you don't see your own life as having very much value. And maybe the resentment you feel about that will cause you to not care. So maybe you really can't get rid of God and still maintain that human life has supreme value. One of the moral revolutions of the Bible was that it gave the idea to the world that every single human was born with the spark of God in them. 
something that Dennis Prager pointed out in his Bible commentary was that in the Old Testament, where they discussed an eye for an eye, that that was a moral revolution because it meant that the slave's eye was worth the same as the king's eye. That previous to that, the world was in such a state that if you were to take the king's eye, he would essentially kill your village. So the idea that an eye for an eye seems cruel to us now is besides the point because at the time that it was written, it was a way to say that every human life is worth the same amount to God. Anyway, as we move forward, I hope that we can continue to instill in children and in ourselves that there are uh, documents which underlie our shared vision and that even if you don't find yourself to be a person of faith, that you should be able to see the value in what they add to human nature, that humans do have a nature, that humans do have a nature. That when you remove God from the picture, you remove the idea that humans have a nature, and you create a scenario in which we are a blank slate, in which we are whatever you want us to be, that you can form us in any direction, that there is no essential nature to humanity that we have as many genders as we decide to have. The truth is whatever we decide it to be. And we lose all sense of meaning. We lose all sense of identity. That's where our society is heading. Now, when you put in a structure of belief, that does hurt people often because um, you can feel like you're less than or you can feel like you don't fit the mold as well as others. But we must not remove the idea of objectivism, we must not remove God from the picture because if we do, we are creating a scenario in which power is the only thing that is respected, where the only thing that will be respected if we kill off God is whoever has the biggest gun, whoever has the loudest voice, whoever can push the most people around. And that is where we're heading if we do not stand up. We must have a backbone in this moment and as we move forward with our future. Because it is the individual sovereignty that pushes back on tyranny, that pushes back on control by governments. People like Bernie Sanders want to implement socialism. Now, what true socialism is, is where the government essentially takes ownership of all major business. So Bernie Sanders is essentially saying to the world, hey, can you hand me the keys to Google, Facebook, Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Amazon, eBay? Can you go ahead and hand me the deed to all of that? And as he asks for the deed to all of that, not only do we not call him a power-hungry, evil zealot, but we actually pat him on the back for how fair he is. That is the sick place that we are. Because we buy his jargon, because we buy his dogma, we don't actually look at how evil what would happen is, and how evil what he really wants is. We must push back on this idea that the world is whatever we want it to be, that we are whatever we want to be, and only that, that humans have no essential nature, that life has no essential nature, that there is no need for wisdom, that there is no need for history, that there is no need for anything that is painful. If statues are painful to remember, tear them down. If history is painful to remember, burn it. If anything causes you any pain, get rid of it. If your dad, if your parents, if anything causes you any discomfort, get rid of it. We must say that we will not do that. 
and even if it were to give us a major convenience to live that way, that there's too much to lose, that we will lose our country, we will lose our beliefs, and we will lose our personal sense of meaning. We must push back against the people that are pushing these ideas. We must respect humans' essential nature, history's essential nature, and we must reinstate the value of where we've come from, of the ideas, the good ideas that have got us to where we are, and we must reject the idea that we are only what we want to be, because if we live that way, we will create the world in which we are asking to be controlled. The only thing that will matter in a subjectivist world is power.